But we want to focus on this whole thing of uh, managing the resources God has put us to our hands. This involves money. It involves material things. It involves time. It involves a lot of stuff, talents, everything. So I want to today, let's just start with some of Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6, a very, very familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, and let's get our hearts into it, okay? Are you ready? Uh, I'm going to read this. I'm reading from the ESV. Uh, you read along, whatever you have there. Uh, hope you have your Bible with you. Uh, or if you need to power up your app, do that. Uh, just don't get distracted by pop-ups, okay? That's one good thing about having the, just the good old hardcover, hardback, you know, paper, it's not hardback, it's leather. But anyway, paper, you know, hard copy. That's the word I was looking for. How come you didn't help me with that? You knew I was fishing. He's like, he's got it wrong, he's got it wrong. And I see that, you guys, and, and I don't know what it is. It, what it, and so you can help me if you need to. Uh, but hard copy is because, you know, while I'm reading this, there's no things pop up from other books. It's just this, amen? I'm just saying, let's focus. Um, I want, I've got, this is the text in Matthew 6, verse 31, but let's back up to verse 25. Can we do that? Verse 25, where Jesus is teaching us something that I need. Um, it's never a one and done on this, right? It's something that I have to come back to constantly. It is a daily walk of faith, amen? There are times I deal with worries and anxieties, and I want to give them to the Lord. You know, when Peter tells us to cast our cares on him, he cares for us. And I've done that, I've prayed through it, I've given it all to the Lord, and then a few minutes later I come back, uh, Lord, can we try that again? It's like it came back, it's like a huge magnet, draws it right, but so we need to be in this and walking in this constantly. Don't think just because you know this passage or could quote it that you've got this, because we all constantly need to give attention to what Jesus is saying. So he says this, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life. And why are you anxious about clothing? I mean, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Now, let me just say, spinning, it has to do with the way they made clothes. So they're not out working hard to spin their own thread and yarn and stuff like that. God clothes them. He says, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, which are, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, that's all the heathen folk. Seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. 
Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. That was kind of like a proverb. Every day's got enough trouble of its own. Don't be borrowing from tomorrow, right? So this passage, Jesus is talking about having the right focus and the right priority. That if we do that, it can eliminate anxiety and imbalances in our lives. And ultimately, what we're going to be talking about is in this next few weeks is walking by faith. By faith in God and in obedience to God as it relates to how we manage, Lord help me, in our daily lives and our resources that we have. You know, you can call it stewardship. How you manage. We need help. I need help with this. So this is, I'm just preaching to myself. I'm letting you listen, okay? Because this is one area that the Bible talks about a lot, a lot more than I do. And it's also a gauge. How we deal with these kinds of things is a gauge uh, that, that says a lot about our spiritual life, our walk with God. And balance is a big part of this. And I'm saying that because that's something I'm always kind of trying to learn because balance is so important. You can't even walk across the floor without balance. And that's why, that's why I want you to continue to remember to pray for our good brother, and I hope they're listening, Mike, uh, Mike Ward and Sister Sue Ward. They're so precious to us, and the work they do for God is so powerful. Uh, but Mike struggles with uh, vertigo, and, and they've just not been We want to keep praying God to heal him from that. But, but I, it, my heart goes out because you can't do a lot of things you want to do, and whenever you have that, you, you just can't be balanced, and it's hard, you, it, everything's dangerous. Um, but balance is required to, to even walk across the floor. So balance is so important. And in our spiritual lives, it's so important as well. Um, in the teaching of Scripture, balance is important. And that's where a lot of the extremes, you know, we get out of balance uh, so easy. You can even see it in the Bible. The Pharisees, man, it was good. They were right on. They really believed in the power and the inspiration of the Word of God. They really believed in the Word of God. But then, as you know, they took it to legalistic extremes and even added to it, right? It's like God's law says don't do this, but we need to create some more laws outside of that to protect us before we get there, right? It's kind of like we've got this thing that we want to stay away from, and, and God's word is a fence around it saying, don't do that, but we're going to build about 10 more fences out from that to, to help us, and that's how they added onto it. Then you have the Sadducees who were unbalanced in the other direction and didn't even believe in the resurrection or angels and things like that, right? So it's, it's easy to do, and here's what happens to me. A lot of times when I get out of balance in one area and I begin to finally, finally see it and realize that I'm out of balance in order to correct it, I sometimes get out of balance the other way. You see that happen a lot. We do that in life. Um, I mean, some of the people that are the most legalistic and strict at one time were the wildest and craziest. And, you know, you kind of swing over and vice versa and finding balance. Um, sometimes some of the worst accidents happen when someone is starting to go off the road on one side and they do what? Overcorrect. It, it's disastrous. So this is what happens to us. We struggle with balance in all areas of life, especially our spiritual life. And then when we find that we're out of balance, sometimes in trying to correct that, we go the other way. It's crazy how that happens. Well, God's given us laws and precepts um, and teachings about this. He's even given us all the physical laws that we have besides the spiritual laws. 
God established all of them, right? And we understand that God established all the physical laws like gravity and balance. And if you break those laws, you have consequences, correct? You want to jump off the building thinking, well, gravity's not going to apply to me because I just don't believe in it anymore. You're going to have, well, it might be fun till that sudden stop at the end, right? When you curse splat. So the thing about it is, God's laws stand. But you know what? His moral laws and spiritual laws are just as real and just as true. And when we violate them, there are consequences. Just like the physical laws. Same truth applies. Um, so balance. There's like, in studying this, and I know I've shared this example before, and a lot of the information I'm going to give you, I have to tell you, are things that I've learned from quite a few different sources. Don't think that I am an expert in any of this because I am just sharing with you what I am learning, and this comes from a lot of different people, a lot of different courses, a lot of different teachings and things that, of, of godly people who he's using to, to help us with these things, and I want to apply them to my life, and I want to share them with you today. So laws of balance, when you study about this, about being balanced in these things, and that's what Jesus is calling us to be in our life, it's not that he doesn't, that you should never think about having food or something to wear or things. You know Jesus isn't saying that, but he's saying when you get obsessed with it, when you get out of balance, it brings consequences of anxiety and problems, right? So let's take balance and let's go with that. Uh, laws of balance, there are three things that are involved in it. The experts tell us, and this is true. This is a, first of all, there's a point of reference. You ever watch, and I'm fascinated with the tightrope walkers. And I used to not be afraid of heights, but I started to get a picture of like the Walendas out, you know, like oh, Nick Walenda went across the Grand Canyon, Niagara Falls. And we got to meet him one time, you know, just like so many incredible people, you know, they stop off in Branson once in a while. Just like Daniel O'Donnell that we got to see Friday, right, Mom? Came to Branson. It was awesome, wasn't it? It was. Anyway, um, but got to meet him. And uh, they did the little show there, you know. What were they in Silver Dollar City or something like that? Remember that? Nobody? Okay, good, great. We're really tuned in today. Well, I don't know where, but I think that's where they were. But to see what they do, and you watch them, it's just amazing. No safety net or anything. But they always have a point of reference. That is, is that they pick out a point uh, over on the other side, and they focus on it, and that helps with balance. So if you have a point of reference, it will always help you with your balance. Now, spiritually speaking, God has given us something to focus on, and that's his word and his son. All right, so the Bible is the best reference point of all. If we keep our focus there, it will help us maintain balance because there's going to be forces from all other sides in the world around us pulling on us, okay? We got to have a point of reference. And then constant corrections. You know, when someone's walking like that, you see they usually hold their arms out or those, you know, big-time tightrope walkers will have the pole, you know, that helps them. They're constantly, like, correcting because as our weight shifts, just as you put one foot in front of the other, um, you know, you need to constantly be making corrections. And the same thing is true in our spiritual life is because we got so many things pulling us. We got our, our sinful nature, our flesh. We've got the sinful world around us. We got people who drive us nuts, you know, and people who try to pull us in the wrong direction. We got all those different things. And so we're constantly having to keep our focus on the reference point and we constantly need to be making corrections every day. I find if I just coast, if I just go with the flow, I'm not gonna go in the right way God wants me to go. I have to keep my focus on him, and there has to be constant corrections in my attitude and my thoughts and my life, and my, which spills over into my habits and my actions. 
Um, you know, uh, this is, now, now um, constant corrections. If you're ever invited, um, and, and Bob, you've probably invited a few people to do this, to step out of their vehicle, and you've got flat pavement, you know, there's no tight rope, there's no balance beam, and um, they need to just kind of walk this line. And if they have to throw their arms out and they're constantly doing this to walk flat surface, they might get to ride in that car with the shiny, pretty lights and, and, and go downtown, right? You know, it's a problem uh, when you're on flat ground. Um, but, uh, but in life, there are storms, there are winds, there are forces pulling against us, and we have to make constant corrections. And then a clear objective, that is that you have to know what direction you're going. That you Basically, if you're tightrope or if you're going across a log, across the river, you want to get to the other side. You have to know why you're doing what you're doing. So if I'm, if I'm trying to cross a log or if I'm trying to walk across something and I, I, I violate any of these principles, what happens? Immediately I fall. Whoa, down you go. But if you violate any of the laws of balance as far as stewardship and personal finances and all of that, guess what happens immediately? Usually nothing. There's the problem. That's why a lot of us, if we're not careful, we can be out of balance in some of these spiritual areas of our lives. And we be, I can be violating spiritual principles and ignoring the laws of balance. And I may not see immediate consequences. Because, unfortunately, the law of spiritually being balanced does not fall, follow the law of Pinocchio. You know the law of Pinocchio? What happened to old Pinocchio? Every time he told a lie, what happened? His nose grew, right? Well, that's crazy. I mean, you know, if your nose grew like Pinocchio every time you told a lie, it'd be kind of hard to keep lying, wouldn't it? Because everybody would know. There's immediate consequences that are visible. And it's like you'd quit lying. Or if every time you were listening to things you shouldn't listen to, your ears started growing. You know, you would, you would kind of want to correct that now. Um, or you were looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at. And your eyes started growing. Or you're saying things and gossiping like you shouldn't and your mouth starts growing. You know, it would stop it immediately. But the problem is, is a lot of times there's not an immediate thing that happens. And so the point is, is that where there are immediate consequences, as human beings, we tend to pay attention and do something about it. We learn when there are immediate consequences. But in the realm of spiritual things and of stewardship and even our finances, it follows not the law of Pinocchio, it follows another law follows the law of the harvest that the Bible spells out, okay? It follows the law of the harvest. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 8, where he says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. You sow now and you reap when? Later. And most all of us grew up in farming and we understand this. We understand that you sow now, you reap later. You reap later than you sow. You actually reap more than what you sow. You sow one seed that grows a plant that produces a lot of grain or seeds, right? You reap, you reap later than you sow. You reap what you sow and you reap more than you sow. 
That's the law of the harvest. So let's say two farmers have plowed up their ground and one of them gets in there and plants the seed. The other one doesn't do anything. One week later, what do you see? No difference. There's no immediate. It takes a little bit of time. So here's what I find out. Are you listening? Oftentimes we look at our immediate decisions and some things are going wrong, some things are going bad. We look at what were immediate decisions and we think, what am I doing wrong? And, and when it may be things that you've been out of balance with for years, it may be seeds that have been planted by being out of balance for years that are coming harvest right now. So it may not be anything today or yesterday. It could be an accumulation of things from the past. And one other thing about the, 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 this law of balance is it doesn't follow the law of Pinocchio. It follows the law of the harvest, and it does not follow the law of fairness. Did you not know that? If you're obsessed with everybody just being fair, you're going to be in for a discouraged, difficult time on planet Earth because I got news for you. I got to say this the way it needs to be said. Life ain't fair. Often, the, richer do, the rich do get richer and the poor get poorer. And some of those rich people are not nice people. And some of the poorest people are great people. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes you work harder and you try to work smarter, but something goes wrong and, and, and you, don't, you don't get ahead. Even that doesn't guarantee anything as it relates to, you know, material things or, you know, your, your balance of your bank book. Talk about balance. Some of us, we can't balance that very easily. You know, throughout history, there have been a lot of people tried to make life fair. And let me say this. It's not that God is fair. God is just and holy. The most unfair thing that ever happened in the universe is Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God, hanging on a cross, beaten beyond human recognition because of my sins and yours. That wasn't fair. But for me and you, for us to be forgiven and our sin debt paid, it had to happen because God is just. If it was fair, we would all be in hell. Sorry. People like Marx and others with communism have tried to make it fair. But even though they could totally control the laws of a nation, they still couldn't do it, could they? It's never going to be fair. But I want to tell you what it can be. Life can be balanced. It can be balanced. Because fairness, for me, fairness would require everyone around me to do exactly what I want them to do. So who could ruin my day? Every single one of you. That just ain't fair. So fairness is out of my control. Right? Fairness, you catching that? Fairness is out of my control. But balance is in my control. It's up to me to decide whether I want to be that or not. Um, and, and so it's, us, it's, it's up to us to do the difficult work in managing the resources God has given us. Uh, all of our assets our income, our time, our abilities and talents and gifts. It's up to us to balance those for the glory of God. So here's what the deal is. Are you ready? Balance requires me to take responsibility. Yeah, yeah. I would like to make you say that with me, but I'm not going to because sometimes that's corny. 
Balance requires me to take responsibility. It does. And we don't want to be responsible. We want to blame. So the next thing we want to think about with this is that when we're out of balance, we violate these laws, there will be consequences. You reap what you sow, correct? We saw that. And Jesus is talking about being balanced and all of this. And, um, but the thing I've learned is I can be out of balance and not realize it. I can be out of balance when it comes to material things and, and not even have financial problems. True? Because consequences are more complicated than just that. And they don't show up immediately. That's why a lot of times we let things go on. It may not show up in the area of being able to pay all the bills at the end of the month. Um, and there may be other areas in my life where it does show up. Of being unbalanced in one area can affect other areas of life. And we need to understand this to get your balance there, even to get your balance in, in money and finances and material things and to keep it, you got to understand, why do I have these things in the first place? Why do I have things? What's the point of it? Because if I don't have the right focus, right, point of reference, I won't know how to make the right corrections. See, if I don't have the right focus, if I don't have the right point of reference, God's word, I won't know what kind of corrections to make. So I've got to start there, and then God will show me the corrections that I need to make. So I have to have that right value system that only comes from him. Um, sometimes these, other, these things can cause improper values in the home. Um, that um, sometimes if we're not balanced with the way we respect what God has put into our trust, then, then our kids... And our marriages and things like that can become uh, affected by it. It can affect us in other stages in life. So if you're unbalanced in a lot of these things and you're single, and then you get you might be able to you might be able to cover it all. You might be able to operate. You might be able to make it. Then you get married. All of a sudden, it doesn't work. And in every marriage, you know, each spouse, neither one of them, deals with things alike, right? Right. What 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 have Dave Dave Ramsey taught us? You know, usually in every relationship, that one is a what. One's a saver and one's a what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that true? And so often that happens. And then you get a couple of spenders together and they go wild, man. You get a couple of savers together and they're the biggest tightwads. I mean, you know, take them out to eat sometimes. See how they behave. I'm not saying anybody's definitely a tightwad, but we've had our experiences, not with any of you that's in this room right now, I think. You see, if you're here, you go out to eat, and you know, we're, we're you know, so so they, they get a plate, and and not because they don't want much to eat, they split it, um, don't want to order anything to drink, so we just get water, and then we sneak out the little Kool Aid pack and drop in there and stir it up. So I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But then the next time we go out, I say I'm buying, and they order everything, and get me a Coca Cola, and you know, dessert, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, wait a minute. I thought you guys, um, the other day, you know, it's different, right? But that can happen in life. But, um, whew. Uh, so sometimes in, I got to move on. One stage of life, you know, if you're, if you're, say, how about this? You're busy making money and you're doing okay. See, the thing is, is, is you're out, we're, sometimes we get out of balance and we don't even realize it simply because of this. We've got enough coming in to cover the bills. 
That's why. But we're still out of balance. We just, we just don't see immediate effects of it. But let somebody lose their job or let something happen, and all of a sudden, boom, there it is, right? So it came, or, or try to retire later, later in life. It can happen. So what I'm saying is that's the way the harvest works. Um, anyway, I, I thank God that I grew up in a family where, uh, Mom, Dad, you're here today. So, and anytime Dad is around, I pick on him, don't I? I don't pick on Mom. I'll pick on Dad. But, but, but you guys did. You guys were raised by people who grew up in the Depression, Right? And, um, you know, wasting food. Here's one thing is that, you know, when we were kids, we had to eat what you fixed, right? You know, you wouldn't fix a hot dog for one and something else for somebody else. Whatever you fixed and, 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 and that, therefore, therefore, I'm going to, I can't blame mom. I got to blame dad. I got to say this. Dad would say, you can't have dessert unless you clean your plate. Well, I really wanted dessert, but I had to clean my plate, what ends up happening over time is I like all food and I always want to clean my plate and I eat too much. So it's there. No, it's not. It's not. I got to take, I'm out of balance. You have to call me out on that. Um, but uh, grew up in a time when you didn't always have enough food, right? And teaching the value of a dollar of working for something. And our, if you remember, our allowance was kind of based on how hard we worked on the farm, right? And um, things like that. Uh, and then if I asked for extra money to go do something, dad had all those great stories. That's the thing. We didn't have the stories. And like you young generation, what kind of stories you need to be thinking about this? What are you going to tell your kids someday? You guys are so spoiled rotten, you know, you know, like dad would dad for money and he'd be all like how they had to go out and they had to chop cotton. They had to hold that cotton and they had to pick cotton, had to work and do all this stuff. And, 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 and you told me this one time, dad, sometimes they were so poor, they didn't have no meat to eat. And, and did you not say, or did I dream this, that like your dad give him, it's why he's such a good shot. Give him like one bullet, that old 22. And if you can go out and if you can kill a squirrel, we'll have food. But if you miss, we're not going to have any. So you learn not to miss. Am I building this up a little bit? He's like, I'm going to get you later. <sighs> you know, you had to be a good shot because you couldn't afford, you know, you couldn't afford ammo and, and, and you couldn't, you know, you couldn't miss, right? You couldn't miss. You had to be good or you starve. And, and, uh, or I asked him for a little spending money. So I have to hear these stories. And then, and then remember, remember this one. Uh, if my brothers were here, they're not here. But I, they would say amen to this, I guarantee you, about how poor you guys were. And, and you know, you could see the chickens underneath. You remember that story, Dad? You could, could, was that true? You could see the chickens underneath that. I'm really upsetting him now, I can tell. I'm see, I'm getting in trouble. I can't stop myself. It's always been my problem. That's one of my points of balance. I get in trouble and I just keep talking. Don't I? But no, it's a good story about how, you know, the reporter could see the chickens underneath the house between the cracks and the board, right? You could see, you had, and some of you, I've heard stories like that from you. You had to pile so many blankets on, you couldn't even turn over at night. You had so many to stay warm and you didn't have an inside, you know, well or anything. And you had water in like the, 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 the bucket, you know, in the kitchen and the ladle in it. You get up in the morning, the ladle would be frozen. Whoever experienced that in here? 
Oh, yeah, look at the witness over here. Yeah, if Daryl was here, whoo, boy, would he, you know, that uh, because, you know, when you grew up, you didn't have a bathroom even in the house. You didn't have a bath. You had a path, right, to the little house out back. All of those things. So you get to, yeah, Wayne, yeah, Wayne, give a testimony on that. So you got a witness, and, but, but being raised and being reminded of those things, you know, and then when my kids, Shanda and, 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 and Gillian and you guys came along, um, you know, I didn't have as good of stories. I would try to remember big, didn't I, about, you know, us having to do chores and things, but, you know, I would say, hey, when I was your age, we had to get up out of the chair to change channels on the TV. You know what I'm saying? And, and you couldn't touch no screen and do nothing but leave fingerprints. That's all you could do, right? I was tough back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now what are you guys going to do? See, uh, younger generation, what are you going to tell you? You got to start thinking about it. You need to start doing some tough stuff. Anyway, but I thank God. I said all I'd say is I thank God for how he used my parents to teach me the value of balance in a lot of these things, of both saving and then being able to have things that you've worked hard for. And you know what? God wants the same thing in our lives as well. Um, but... Uh, if I'm balanced, out of balance in one area, it can affect other areas. But here's a surprise that sometimes we feel like things are just so bad if I just had more. Now, you know, we want to do the best we can and, and make the best we can of ourselves and, and expand and whatever. But here's the problem that we find. More money can create more imbalance, actually. Instead of, instead of solving your problems, it can actually create more imbalance. Um, and that's true our whole life. Um, and here's the interesting thing with a lot of families and a lot of people that just think they can't make it. Is when it's really studied, is that really you may be, and it's not true of everybody, because some people just need, you know, you're in a tough spot, you need help. But for a lot of times, we're making enough money to cover the bills. We're just not being balanced. So we're not covering them all. It's like one dear person, couple that we tried to help years ago, could never pay their water bill. And as we kind of tried to help them get to the point that you're not having that, you've got to know where everything goes. You need to know where the money goes. Where's it going? How much is coming in and where is it going? You need to really track that. And here's what we found out is that they had the wrong addictions. Yeah, the wrong addictions because they were addicted to buying all these cigarettes and beer. And you see the amount of money they spent every month on that. They had no money to pay the water bill. And I said, I have an idea that you guys are probably more addicted to having water every day than you are those other things. You're taking care of the wrong addiction. The money was there. They weren't balanced in how they were doing it. And, and, and that's a way, not just with money, but with other resources and our lives. A lot of times God has provided things we need and resources. And sometimes those resources are involved in other people in the body of Christ. But we're trying to do things ourselves or we're just, we're just unbalanced. We're not following God's, God's will for our life. So when our points of reference shift, when we quit making adjustments and corrections, when we lose sight of the proper objective, we get out of balance. We get out of balance. And, and here's another point. A financial imbalance can equal a spiritual imbalance. Now, I'm not saying that you, this is true, it's just you're having a tough time. I'm just saying when I get unbalanced in the area of finance, I get unbalanced in the area of managing my time. I get out of balance in managing the resources that I already have. It, it, it usually means I'm, uh, it's a sign, it's a symptom of imbalance in other areas of my life. It usually is. Usually it means my focus is not quite what it ought to be. 
It's one thing to let Jesus into your heart. And it's another thing to let him into your wallet. Or is it? Or is it? There's a relationship between how I handle my resources and money and my relationship with God. Hey, this is not fun, but I just got to say it because I need to hear it. I need to hear this. There's a relationship there. I've got to bring even my personal finances and stewardship in line with his teachings. And I constantly need corrections there. Some people think, you don't need to talk about that at church. But you read the Old Testament, the New Testament, and I'm just scratching the surface. Jesus talked about this kind of stuff more often than he talked about heaven and hell. Right? He knew we need this. So if you think your relationship with God is separate from your relationship with stewardship, handling money and things like that, um, if you think it's separate, some people say, well, they don't have anything to do with each other. That's two separate things. Let me ask you a question. You ever had money problems and prayed about it? That means they're part of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my spiritual life and my financial life are two separate things. No, they're not. Like anybody, even people who claim to be atheists, man, they start the months closing in on them and they can't, they can't pay the rent and they're praying, Lord, help me, right? Yeah. It's, it is. It's tied together. Um, if you've prayed about it, you've already crossed that line. When things are going okay, you know, we just don't want to think about it. But then when a setback occurs, we're crying out to God. When things are out of control, though, it's easier to surrender control. Sometimes God has to let us get there. Because when things are out of control, it's easier to surrender control. When we think things are okay... When we think there's not a problem, we don't want it. We want to handle it ourselves. Jesus said there's a relationship here. Listen to what he said. Let's just look at it again real quick and we'll wrap it up. He said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So there is a correlation. What are the things that you treasure? Those are the things that you value. Those things that are most important in your life. Whether it's your job or your fame or your money or your stuff or your thing. Whatever it is. As that goes, so does your heart. Jesus said so. The fact is, I can preach to you on Sundays and say all this stuff. That doesn't tell the story on me. You know that? You can look in this, this Bible, and I go through one every few years, and it gets a little raggedy, and I'll, I'll do another one. And uh, I like to read through it. And you, you can't find a single page that doesn't have a pen or pencil mark in it. But you know what? That doesn't tell the story on me. But if you were to get the password and get into our Quicken account and really examine what we do with all of our resources month after month, that would tell a big story on what's really valuable and important and treasures in my life. It would. You ever been in a relationship with someone where they love the stuff more than they love you? Gals, you ever date a guy and he treated his car better than he treated you? That's not fun, is it? How do you think Jesus feels when we're in a relationship with him and we treat our stuff as more important than him? He doesn't, he doesn't want to compete with our stuff. He says, I will add to you, and when I add it, you're going to enjoy it even more. But I don't want to compete. He won't have total access to your heart until he also has access to your treasure, that thing 
Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon just refers to that whole world system of material things, okay? I would have thought he would have said, you can't serve God and Satan. But he didn't. He said, you can't serve God and mammon. That is, he knows that my biggest battle is not even with Satan. My biggest battle is with Mel Moon. In my selfish, fleshly nature. That's still there. Even though you have a new creature in Christ. You still live in this old sin-cursed body. Even though you have the Spirit of God within you. This is still contained within that sin-cursed flesh. And Paul talks about times when the flesh desires against the Spirit. And there's that battle, that pull. Which way is my will going to go? Am I going to surrender my will to myself and my flesh? Or am I going to surrender my will to being led by the Spirit of God? You've got, those, you've got to keep that balance every day. Every day. You don't come up here and pray one time and it's done and you're just perfect from then on. You're going to have to keep your focus on the right thing. You're going to have to make those corrections. You're going to have to know the objective of why we have things in the first place. Why did God give us anything? And the thing about it is, is that it's all about ownership. Did you know that? Ownership. Because when I finally understand, he's the owner of everything. He owns everything. I worship him with my tithe and my offering. He never needs anything, so this is something I get to do to worship him. But the part that remains in my trust, in my hands, so to speak, guess what? It's his too. It's his too. The breath that I breathe comes from him. The beat of my heart comes from him. He's the owner of everything. You know what I am with the part left in my hands? I'm a manager. I'm a steward of the resources he gave me. Why should he give me any more if I'm not being faithful in what I already have been given? So here's something we want to take home. When it comes to all this stuff, I need to track it or lack it. I need to know what I'm doing every month. I need to know where the money goes, right? You need to know where it's going. And we need to know about ownership. We need to realize he owns it all. And that treats, that makes me treat things a little differently, right? So here's what God wants from you. Not from you. It's not God is wanting from you anything because God doesn't need anything. Here's what he wants for you. That we will grow in this as we trust in him. And so that we cannot be a slave to ourselves and our debt. We can have freedom, have security, contentment in him that we can't find in this world. And fruitfulness. He wants us to be able to do something. There's times you're going to need help. There's times others are going to need to help you. But you know what? If you're always needing help, he wants to get you to the place that not only can you do okay, but that you can help others. Amen. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 16, 10. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. Let this sink in, please. This is Jesus' words. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Next verse. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? So if I'm not faithful, even in the material things, why should he entrust me with the great treasures of the kingdom of God? We're all going to struggle with this in this world because we just are. But this is why Jesus was saying all this stuff about don't be anxious about all these things. Seek me first in my kingdom. And when you get that right point of reference, 
I'm going to help you keep it on the right balance. And then I am going to add to you everything that you need. You ever think you need something and you want something, but then once you get it, you find out you don't really need it and then you don't even want it? That's the way life happens. We've got to trust the Lord in so many areas. So why do I have things? Why do I have material goods and stuff and money in the first place? place? Is it just to pay bills? Is it just to make a living? Is it just to be comfortable and free? It does do all that. But what's the main point? What's the main point of me even having stuff? Is it just that? Or is it to glorify God with all of it? Whether it's in my hands or if I give it. How I manage. Because if I get this wrong, I'm not going to have peace or fulfillment even if I have all kinds of stuff. I won't have peace and fulfillment. So let's get it straight. Let's get our heart into it. And let's let our heart be where our real treasure is, Jesus Christ. And let's be better and let's, in the next few weeks, get better and better at managing our stuff and managing our monthly bills and at managing income and at working hard and at being fruitful and enjoying the blessings He gives us and worshiping Him as we give. All of those things. God, help us. It's all His. Father, thank You for...